0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the leap Takers podcast, the podcast for the curious, where I'm interviewing daring entrepreneurs and shapers in fascinating areas, such as investing, gaming, traveling, and consumer technology, as well as other emerging industries like crypto and artificial intelligence. We will together discover how these leap takers got started on their journey, the insights and learnings they gathered, their mental models, tactics, and much more, so that you too can take the leap. And since I mentioned AI before, this brings me to today's guest. I'm very excited about this episode because I had the rare opportunity of interviewing one of Europe's leading entrepreneurs and researchers when it comes to artificial intelligence, or AI. (laughs) So who am I talking about? Pascal Kaufmann. He is a neuroscientist turned entrepreneur who founded StarMind, which is an artificial intelligence technology company based uh, outside of Zurich, And he also founded Mindfire, a foundation that was created to incentivize collaboration in AI research. Inc. magazine mentioned Pascal in the same sentence with no other than D. Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking. Quickly to Pascal's academic background, he received his master's degree in neuroscience and economics at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, the ETH, in Zurich and Northwestern University in the US. During his academic career, Pascal has worked on numerous projects researching the interface between brains and machines to unravel the secrets of neural networks and brain activity. He was also selected by the Bilanz Business Journal in Switzerland as a top digital leader in the category Tech Leader in 2018. So uh, I'm sure you will enjoy this episode because we talk about how Pascal became fascinated with artificial intelligence research, what advice he has for aspiring entrepreneurs, Uh, and he also gives some insights into StarMind. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi Pascal, welcome to the show. Hi everyone. Great that we could do this podcast together. And so I think there's so many directions where we could go with these questions since I think you're very accomplished with with StarMind and your, your scientific research in the past. But I think a good place to start would be about your fascination for the topic of AI and neuroscience. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about how you got interested in the topic and uh, maybe was this something you were interested in as a kid already or did it develop over time? Some some background there, how you got into this topic would be really interesting for my okay. listeners.
1: So when I was uh, 12 years old, I had my first ancient Greek lesson at Gymnasium Bülach and my ancient Greek professor told me about this Prometheus saga, like the guy that stole the fire of Zeus. And I thought, oh, he's a rock star because he created man. He created artificial intelligence, so to speak. He gave intelligence to the human uh, species. But then my ancient Greek professor told me, no, Pascal, you really didn't get the story. It is not allowed for human beings to create artificial human beings to create um, intelligence. Only the gods are allowed to do that. So since I'm 12 years old, I know exactly what I want to do. I want to build artificial human beings. I want to build human robots. I want to build uh, artificial intelligence. It started when I was about 12 years old in Gymnasium Bülach.
0: Okay, very interesting. And I assume then you started... Pursuing this interest during your studies already at the ETH? Yes,
1: I chose uh, brain research. So I started biology at the Zurich and then I, I went to uh, the Northwest University and, uh, in Chicago in the US. And there I had to dissect brains out of animals. And my task was to connect living brains in dishes with artificial blood with a mobile robot. So I worked at the interface between like neuroscience and robotics. And I had so many questions. That the, the vision came up, why not to try to think with the power of thousand brains? So to develop a technology that would allow me to ask any kind of fancy question, and somehow algorithms in the background would route that question to the best scientists in the world. And that was actually the start of the StarMind technology uh, that we uh, Mark and I, my co-founder, uh, founded in a few years uh, later.
0: Great and. I, I heard already about your um, experiments at Northwestern where you did this dissection of the brains of mice. What was the goal there? I, I thought that was really fascinating because you were kind of creating these first cyborgs almost.
1: Yes, we didn't dissect the brains of mice, but we dissected brains of fish, like of lampreys or like eel-like Horrible creatures, they really look a little bit ugly and a little bit dangerous. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I asked them, why do we do these experiments with these kind of eel-like animals, they told me, you know, the ethics people uh, don't have any issues when we do experiments with so ugly animals. I was shocked when I heard that. (laughs) I was around like 20 years old back in the days and I I was very optimistic and enthusiastic also about ethics. But when I heard that... um, I got the reality uh, uh, check here. It was fascinating because when you connect living brains with machines, then you really know uh, what you know and what we don't know about the brain. And uh, I learned then back in the days that we we essentially know nothing about how the uh, brain really works, in particular how the human brain works. And that was very, very fascinating to me and a huge motivation to learn more about the brain and to study the brain.
0: Very interesting. And you already talked a little bit about it before, about Starmind. Why, I, I, I asked myself, why Starmind? I think you, I, this is always a question I like to ask founders because I think there's so many different you know, opportunities you probably see with your knowledge. Why did you decide to um, work on this specific problem?
1: Well, on on hindsight, I must say that Mark and I did not plan to found a company. Okay. We were typical researchers. We connected scientists around the globe. We wanted to have excellent research output. And it was by pure incidence that the CIO of a big bank uh, had a meeting with me. And then he, he asked me, Why are you guys so stupid connecting students around the globe? You should connect my 20,000 people in IT. Uh, Would it be possible to pilot a corporate brain where we connect 20,000 people working in IT? Because the people in Singapore invent things that the people in Zurich already know and the guys in the the US, uh, uh, they are disconnected anyways. So why not connecting employees within a large corporation by means of your technology? I never thought of that. And then we created this company. But in hindsight, I must say, in a fully automated, digitalized world, technology becomes a commodity. I mean, everyone can buy technology. Mm -hmm. But if you somehow are able to connect human brains, like the intuition of, of the experience of people, that is a very, very powerful engine that you can build up. So I think the human factor becomes more and more important in the world of technology. And this is why I think StarMind was the best way uh, to do that. We really connect the expertise of human beings Mm -hmm. uh, globally.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think the the whole topic of AI is also a bit in danger of being overhyped. I mean, you see a lot of big claims that are being made um, that we will have like the singularity in, in a few years, or that, you know, we are very close to having brain-machine interfaces, etc. Um, so I think it's sometimes good to be a bit skeptical there. How, how is your view on the general state of AI, so to say, or like of making real progress towards a general AI that is not just for a very specific task?
1: Yeah, I'm personally a little bit disappointed about the lack of progress in, uh, let's say, human level artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. But we also need to get the vocabulary right. So I quickly try a few definitions. Yeah, automation we do since many thousand years. So this um, Archimedes spiral where you can actually uh, turn it and then you pump water, um, this is to me automation. Then uh, digitalization to me is automation by means of computers. So you have a process that you actually want to execute exactly the same way again and again and that i would uh, define as digitalization you really do not want to have an artificial intelligent process in a bank because uh, intelligence to me is breaking rules uh, thinking outside of the box inventing or creating new ways you don't want that an ai within a bank decides why not doing it a little bit differently? Why not coming up with a creative new way how to do stuff? So AI to me is the kind of the contrast of digitalization. Um, I don't think that there is anything like artificial intelligence these days. It's much more the biological intelligence of programmers put into source code. And then we call it AI. To me, that's a little bit cheating. I mean, you only get back what you really put in. I want to create a machine that is really intelligent, that comes up with new things, surprising things, that is creative. Therefore, I don't think that there's anything like AI these days.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's say there are some people in the audience who are interested to learn more about or maybe are like, you know, 20 years old and they start their studies and or they are thinking about going in that direction. Are there any, you know, resources you would recommend where to best get started? I mean, it, for me, at least, it looks very intimidating to me at, at times, the whole space. How would you start there as like looking back as a 20-year-old as a or something?
1: I think it's very important that your mindset is not um, infected, I would almost say, by means of these mainstream assumptions about the brain. Mm -hmm. So when you need 300 million pictures of cats in order to be able to say it's a cat, a horse or a cow, I don't find that too intelligent. So whenever you read something about big data, brute force computing, deep learning and AI, I suggest you change the book or you read a different source. To me, AI is much more about small data. Like little children do, they look at one cat, they cuddle the cat a little bit, and know once and forever what a cat is. So whenever you get hold of a book that is written about, that writes about small data, whenever you read a book about the latest insights in neuroscience, about the human brain, I would strongly recommend to you that you read that. Also, I think it's, it's very inspiring to talk to a, uh, to scientists, really visit the lab, a neuroscience lab, mm-hmm. uh, uh, go to the computer scientists, ask them what really changed about neural networks. And then you get a much more accurate uh, perspective on where we stand in AI than when you just read like Facebook posts or Instagram uh, pictures about some fancy posters in AI. So do not. Just get your information from the social medias, uh, uh, but also really visit the lab, talk to the scientists, and you get a much, much more accurate and more realistic viewpoint about AI.
0: Okay, great. Just to shift gears a little bit, I'm very interested as well on this podcast, how the founders, kind of how they started their companies and um, maybe they ran into certain problems or they would do certain things different if they could, uh, you know, start all over again. Uh, looking back at when you started StarMind, would you say there, like, you took any learnings or lessons from, from, let's say, the first few years and that you could, you know, now, um, give to aspiring founders and tell them, okay, you know, I would do it this way now. And if there's some key learnings that you, that you drew from this time,
1: well, on right. hindsight, I think, surprisingly, we didn't commit many, many mistakes. No. Um, but certain things could, of course, have been much, much better and faster. For example, I think it's very important that you do not only focus on Switzerland as a market. I mean, mm. it's very interesting to have uh, clients in Zurich and in Bern and maybe one day even in Berlin, like in Germany. But if you aim directly to where the epicenter is, in our case, that would be the Silicon Valley, or even like China, I think you are facing global competition much, much earlier. And you are really, you really need then to come up with something that's completely new. So I think facing international competition very early on is a good thing. And what I also think is the mindset that we have here in Switzerland, in Europe. I mean, we are very good in product building. We are very good in research and science, but we are not so good at selling or communicating. So why not having a communication team in the US, a product building team in Switzerland and some like legal guys somewhere else? I think uh, uh, getting the best out of the world would be a a good best practice that I would do differently now. I would not just ramp up everything in Switzerland and then go uh, to to other countries. I would uh, uh, expand globally much, much faster.
0: Okay. You now have offices in the U.S. as well. In New
1: York, in Germany, yeah, and maybe soon in Asia, yes.
0: Okay, very cool. Yeah, I think maybe before I switch to a bit of a different topic, just regarding StarMind again, would you mind just sharing, you know, a few key, you know, kind of numbers, like where you're at right now with StarMind, um, like how big your company is, and you know how how you grew in the last few years.
1: So usually we don't release any like uh, data. We are a privately held company. But what we can say is we did one of the major uh, financing rounds in AI in Europe uh, last year. We raised uh, 15 million US dollars. Um, then we ramped up our team. So we are 80 uh, people. We are approaching 90 employees um, soon. Um, clients, we have clients in more than 100 countries worldwide, so large corporations that are using our technology. And revenue-wise, we, we were break-even. I mean, uh, uh, the black figures, um, double-digit revenue, sum is also a number that I can reveal. And actually, uh, we hold uh, patents, that is also an important uh, fact. And I would say in, in, in the region of small data, we are leading so Switzerland, with the University of Zurich or EPFL, Lugano, we are leading when it comes to AI, and Starmind heavily accentuates on that uh, know-how.
0: Okay, thank you for sharing. Yeah, so I think now I also try to find out a bit more about the person behind these founders that I interview on this podcast. So for me, I'm always fascinated to learn about you know how you're influenced by certain books or certain habits, etc. Um, so do you like to to read books and is there some books you would recommend to, to people um, doesn't need to be AI related it can be anything
1: well you know like as an ancient Greek person um, <laughs> I read many many books until yeah. I was like 25 years old or so so I'm a little bit fed up by reading because the information flow into the brain is so slow. <laughs> but uh, I would recommend movies. Uh, so I love, for example, Captain Future, mm-hmm. the movie series with the flying brain with him. I think that certainly has impacted me a lot. And um, when it comes to books, I would recommend some like uh, uh, Nietzsche or some Platon uh, uh, books, um, very very inspiring the ancient Greek uh, people have thought essentially everything that we think today again so I think it's very inspiring to read some very very old ancient texts
0: mm-hmm. what is so interesting to you about, about this text and about this older old you know but
1: when you're a culture that is there for like one or two thousand years and you don't have any distraction like the internet you really have to deal with all the problems a, a human being can face so all kind of combinations, all kind of, of of good and bad things, have been described by the ancient Greek uh, philosophers. And uh, once you read these um, these uh, books or dramas, I think you are much better prepared for what is awaiting us. And you don't think that everything is new. I don't think that there are so many new things under the sun, which is a famous uh, ancient Greek quote, by the way. Mm-hmm. So therefore, um, you don't get so easily surprised. When you know a little bit about those ancient Greek sagas.
0: Maybe another question that goes in a little bit of a similar direction. So, I really like this concept that I heard from a few people that to have your own imaginary personal board, like people that you would have if you as a person would it be a company that would be in your board and that give you know give you advice and kind of steer you as a person. I'm not sure if if you heard about the concept before, but no. I think it's a. Um, like for me it's for example I would have like Elon Musk and then like you know Roger Federer or some other people you look up to but also think that you could kind of guide you now I know it's maybe a non-fair question but do you think like what are people that you would put into your own personal board so to say how many are allowed? let's say between three and five
1: so I would go for Leonardo da Vinci yeah. uh, would be in my board then definitely um one of the ancient Greek gods, so I would uh, go for Apollo, like the god of light. If mm-hmm. this is also allowed, then I would go for uh, Goethe. Mm-hmm. Goethe knows a lot, and maybe as a joker, um, I would go for one of the the great scientists. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, Oppenheimer might be an inspiration. Einstein might be an inspiration. Yeah, I think these are the uh, the guys I would lock up to. I would love to have them on board. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Very cool. I think it's interesting to find out also about you know what some founders what habits they have or what they do when they're not working on their on their product or like their startup like you with Starmind like are there certain activities or hobbies you do to kind of get your mind off the daily uh, focus on on growing the company or do you even think you don't need that distractions so I would say.
1: No, I love um, this distraction and it's very important that you cleanse your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. So in my case, I love um, uh, being on, on, this, on the Lake of Zurich, for example. Mm-hmm. I also love ice cream. So when I eat ice cream or gummy bears, I forget about everything around me. So yeah, you need to have certain habits uh, that you actually uh, get distracted I also uh, love uh, dreaming and envisioning, but you might say that this is related to the job I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think a lot about, uh, about uh, ancient Greek sagas, whether or not something is good. I love philosophy a lot. So when you read about philosophy, then you also get lost very, very quickly.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so maybe uh, like two last questions. So one which is generally would be, what advice would you give entrepreneurs, people that are aspiring to just don't go the traditional path of joining a corporate and, and working there their whole life. Um, so are there any you know tips or advice you would give?
1: I think in, in life you only regret what you didn't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can still uh, be an employee. But trying to become an entrepreneur, maybe when you're young, maybe when you're not like... Dependent when we don't have like a huge family, etc. I think that's a good thing. Just to trying, uh, uh, would you be able to achieve it or not? I think that's that's certainly a best practice. Another thing is also um, a, a hint that I would give is try to get investors very very fast because you might really have an idea, but it's completely crazy. And uh, really no one you can convince with that idea. But if you are able to convince investors, then it's a first sanity check, the acid test. So the sooner you're able to convince an investor to invest in your idea, the better. And this de-risks uh, your plans tremendously. So I suggest try it, but get an investor very, very, very soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And maybe a follow-up question to that. So is there any advice, do you think, you give to people or you see that is often given to people, but that then often ignore it for some reason? Maybe to, to rephrase, like, do you think there are some overlooked tips that maybe don't seem to appeal to people, but you think are actually very valuable? Yes,
1: definitely. I think that's a very good, fun question of yours. Hire the really best people that you can. I mean, they may be expensive. Or um, uh, you may need to wait for them for many months, but on hindsight, I would say we should have hired the world leading best people a little bit earlier. So we recently uh, uh, acquired the um, um, strategy head of Airbnb Asia. We got people from 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 Twitter, we got people from like NASA. So we hire really the best people around the globe and it really boosts our company tremendously. I always thought, oh, come on, why not going for the second or the third best guy? Because it's much, much more uh, uh, like inexpensive than really hire the most expensive guy. I suggest that uh, you go for the best guy very, very early. It's much more expensive to to have a a wrong hire, to have a person that only gives you 80%. And you need to compete with the best people in the world anyway. Mm -hmm. So you better have them on your side. Mm -hmm. I suggest hire the best people in the world. Don't do any compromises when it comes to HR. Okay.
0: Yeah, great last words. Thank you very much, Pascal. Um Thank I think you very much. Yeah. yeah. If you have any last words you wanna say, otherwise I will definitely link in the show notes Starmind and um maybe. if you have Twitter or whatever people want to follow you, if you have
1: maybe a final statement. I think wherever there is an entrepreneur that thinks he wants or he or she wants to do something in artificial intelligence, I think Switzerland is an awesome country to do that. We are really leading in AI worldwide. We attract the best talents in the world. We have the highest scientific impact factor in artificial intelligence. Switzerland is a great hotspot to build AI companies. Maybe that goes for a last Mm statement.
0: Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Pascal. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You could do me a really big favor if you just quickly head over to the iTunes store. It just takes five seconds. Give the LeapTakers podcast a five-star rating. This would help other people to discover this show and that I can bring on continuously great guests onto the podcast. So I would really appreciate that. Also, please reach out to me if you have any suggestions, feedback, or any tips what i could improve with the podcast since this is also still an experiment for me so i would really also be looking forward to that you can just reach out to me via email or on my website on leaptakers.com also you can just follow me on twitter and instagram as well you should find the handles in the show notes as well thanks again for listening i hope you will also enjoy the upcoming episodes and until then goodbye and just keep on building on your dreams.